Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. I'm not sure that God really cares about my comfort or my happiness so much as he does my holiness and my surrender to him. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I've always asked God to use me as an instrument in any way possible if I can help improve the lives of other people. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. When you're around somebody that has that joy and you can feel it and it's contagious. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. You can check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Today on the show, we will be joined by the head football coach at Appalachian State University. It's my alma mater and really excited to talk with Coach Eli Drinkwitz. And he's got a, a great story and a lot to share with us today. And so really looking forward to just hearing his philosophy on coaching and what the transition has been like for him uh, taking over a, a program like App State that has had great success and, and has won national championships at, at the FCS level and, and now already doing big things on the FBS level the last few years. And so he takes over that program. And so we'll talk to him Coming up shortly, and then also in just a little bit, we'll be joined by Jonathan Evans. He's the chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys and also the co-chaplain with the Dallas Mavericks. And so we'll talk about both of those teams. And he's also a, a speaker and an author and, and the son of Dr. Tony Evans, a, a well-known pastor and speaker. And they've got a new movie coming out, uh, a documentary that, that we'll ask him all about as well. And then later on in the show, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, about Tiger Woods winning the Masters. It was incredible, and even though it's a week later, uh, the, the, the story behind it is still worth unpacking, and so we'll do that in just a little bit. We're just getting started on Unpacking It, Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're unpacking it. I'm Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA, Sirius XM, Dan Patrick Radio, Channel 211. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. And joining us right now is the new head football coach at Appalachian State University, Eli Drinkwitz. He was previously the offensive coordinator for NC State. He has also coached at Auburn, Arkansas State, and Boise State. He has taken over a program that has won three straight Sunbelt Conference championships, four bowl games in a row, and three national championships at the FCS level. He is a husband and a father of three daughters. I am pleased to welcome the head coach of my alma mater, Coach Drinkwitz. Great to be with you. How are you? 
Man, I'm doing great, but uh, that introduction, I didn't know if you're introducing Joe Gibbs or <laughs> I don't know if there's more pressure on that introduction of that or, or having to meet the expectations of the football program. What an awesome, awesome tra- championship tradition they have here, man. What a great place. No question about it. So so let's start right there because uh, I was actually yep. a, a student during the, the three national championships and, and experienced you know just the, all the excitement that, that comes with a, a school that has such a great program. So, so for you to take over – that kind of program. So you're not necessarily building something from scratch. You're, you're more maintaining and growing what's already there. So, so what is that kind of perspective like coming into a program like that? Well, so here's, here's my mindset. There, there was two things. One, you know, it, when you take a job, you either the conventional wisdom says you want to take a job where they haven't been very good. So anything you do is an improvement. <laughs> um, but I really like to challenge myself and, and the biggest challenges in life is to take something that's good and make it great. Mm. And for me, that's that's really the goal of Appalachian State. Appalachian State is great long before I got here. They're going to be great long after I leave. My goal is to try to enhance and see how we can make it better. How can we do things better than they've ever been done before? And there's a lot of things still left on the bone. Coach Satterfield, Coach Moore laid a tremendous foundation. Sparky Woods, those guys laid a tremendous foundation. But there's still more to accomplish. And our job um, is not to maintain. It's to improve mm. and to take a place that's good and go to great. And that's a tremendous challenge because it's been really good. Um, but that's why you chase, you know, that's why coaches are motivated to do these things. You want, you want to have a challenge. And that's what I think for me is the biggest challenge moving forward. I love it. That's very cool. And so, all right, you're coming in from, from NC State. You've had other stops along yeah. the way. And, and you even started your, your introductory uh, press conference talking about what makes App State special. And, and so now that you've been there for a few months, what would you say as far as what really makes App State special compared to, to where else you've been? The people. Uh, it's the people. I think anywhere you go, the people make the place special. The, the family atmosphere, the pride that, that the fans and the alumni have in their university and in their football program, they're invested, not just from going to school here, but they're invested um, financially um, and from a, just that deep place of they're proud of what their program's been, and it represents them. That's a, that's wonderful and totally agree, and in my experience up there, I, I would echo that that feeling for sure. Uh, coach Eli Drinkwitz, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's the head football coach at Appalachian State. And, and so you've been there now for a few months. What, what has been maybe the, the biggest surprise or, or challenge during the transition uh, of taking over and becoming the head coach, uh, not only for you, but, but also for your family as well? Well, I think anytime you're going through transition, it takes courage to change, mm. whether it's to change jobs, change schools, change whatever and and it's also takes courage for our football team um to change you know they they had a system in place and so making that change whether it's my coaching staff and getting their families up here and getting them acclimated to schools or, or my girls going to Hardin Park Elementary and walking into that school for the first time um and seeing them have to make friends uh that 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 really to me has been the biggest I wouldn't say surprise, but but challenge. Um, for me, my job, I put on a new polo and go to work, you know. <laughs> um, but for my family and my girls and all these coaches that bring their families with them, that, that's, that's been the toughest thing to try to maneuver and make sure that we do a great job of taking care of our families and take care of these players as they're going through challenging transition and change. 
So no question about it. And and so I, I read that the, the first things you put in your office were a picture of your family. And, and so, of course, they're, they're very yeah. important to you. And also mentioned a, a Bible and a devotional. So, so how do you stay mm-hmm. focused on, on what's most important as you experience this transition and, and all that comes with being a head coach? Well, the first and foremost for me um, is my family. You know, I, I've got to take care of those under my roof first. And then after that, I take what I've learned and what I've been trying to do um, to my football players and my team. But I got to make sure I do that first. And for me, it's just a routine of uh, every day on the way to work. I pray for my family. I pray for my girls. I pray for our coaching staff. I pray for our team. And then when I get to work, I, I have a routine of reading my devotional, my Bible. And it's just for me to, to make sure I keep first things first mm. and keep keep um, keep the Lord at the center of what, what I do and, and just make sure that I have uh, the right mentality entering the day. That's really what my job, my goal is, is to inspire, equip, and encourage these young men to be the very best ber- version of themselves that they can be. Ah, oh, so cool. Coach Eli Drinkwitz, our guest right now, head coach at Appalachian State and, and joining us here on Unpacking It. And so uh, along those lines, I, I also heard you talk about just how you want your players to have a purpose-driven life. And, and so yeah, w- when did you realize your own purpose and, and, and what does, does having a purpose-driven life look like for you personally? And, and then how does that translate to your players as well? In college, I made a list of all these places that I wanted to go coach. And then I set out goals. Hey, in five years, I wanted to be this and five years, this, and I had a list of 20 high school jobs around Arkansas and in Missouri that I wanted to be the head coach at. And that's just kind of how I, I was wired. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and then kind of moved on from there and, and the minds of implanting the ways the Lord directs your steps. I was able to get into college football and, and, uh, after that, the Lord took over and now I'm blessed to be the head coach at Appalachian state. You know, for me, I talk to our guys about chasing two dreams, a life with football and a life after football. You know, these guys are here to play this great game. And I think it's the greatest game in in, in the world. Mm-hmm. I think it's so much about life and team and working together and conquering. And um, it's, it's just a phenomenal game. And while they're here in school, some people are here to be doctors, lawyers, teachers. They're here to play football as long as they possibly can realizing that at some point the game is going to end, whether you're Peyton Manning at 40 and, and a Super Bowl MVP or, or whether it's the end of college, the game ends. And we want these guys to be a productive contributor to society. And in order to do that, we believe they need to get an education and to be prepared for that. You know, that for us is what we talk about a purpose driven life. You have two purposes, one to, to play this game as long as possible but two, to get a degree and be a productive contributor to society. And then we talk about the attributes of what it means to be the best version of yourself. Yeah, so, so how do you balance that then? Because, of course, you're, you're wanting these you know, players to, to develop on the field and, and become stronger and faster and, and all those sort of things. But then how do you practically incorporate you know, just getting them thinking and engaging in what is life like after football, beyond football, and, and, and how, how does that look for, for you kind of moving forward? Well, for us, it's talking about the characteristics that translate from on the football field that make you the very best player you can be that also being the very best person that you can be. You know, we talk about, for us, pride. For us, there's two types of pride. There's a, for us, an acronym, personal responsibility and daily excellence, and then there's the negative, which is uh, inflated, you know, disease of me, entitled, 
Mm. And for us, if you have a personal responsibility and daily excellence, that those are attributes to waking up every day and doing the very best you can be, to building trust and respect with everyone you come in contact with. It's always competing to do it better than it's done before. It's following this uh, principle of doing more than what's expected. Uh, and that's a principle based off of biblical, the Rebecca principle, when, when Isaac uh, was choosing his wife, Rebecca, and how they figured that out, or how the Lord told Isaac uh, to, or, or to get Isaac's wife in order to find Isaac's wife. Anyway, there's a lot of different principles that we're teaching them mm. or showing them that apply in football, but also apply in life. We're going to take a quick break, but we're just getting started with the head football coach at Appalachian State, Eli Drinkwitz. we got to hear more about his faith journey, more about his new role as the head coach taking over this program. All that coming up next. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're unpacking sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. And if you haven't subscribed to our email devotional, be sure to check that out on unpackingit.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast anywhere podcasts are found and catch up on all of our previous guest interviews. If you're just joining us today, We're in the middle of a conversation with the new head coach at Appalachian State University. It's my alma mater, and they've got a wonderful football program. And the former coach, Scott Satterfield, left to become the head coach at Louisville. And so App State hired Eli Drinkwitz, and he is a first-time head coach on the college level. Uh, But he was the offensive coordinator at NC State previously. And, and so we're in the middle of just an awesome conversation with him, and I really believe in, in what he's going to be able to do with this program moving forward. He's only 36 years old, and he's one of the up-and-coming coaches in all of college football. And so let's continue our conversation with him now. Throughout your career, you, you've been an assistant coach, and, and you've worked your way up as a, a coordinator, and you even spent time on the, the high school level. So, so to now get to this point as a, a head coach in college football, a goal that you, you set out to, to achieve along the way, like what was that process like for you figuring out the kind of head coach you wanted to be? Like, like did, you, did you write things down? How did, how did you put together the kind of the philosophy uh-huh. and, and the way that you wanted to, to come across as a head coach? And now that you're here, how does that kind of come about and come to fruition for you? Well, I, you know, I tell you what, that's that's the interesting dynamic because obviously there's things that we all want to do. And, you know, I've taken notes, my iPhone's full of notes just of things that I liked and didn't like or, or yeah. things that I thought, boy, that's a good idea. I, I like how we approach this. I like this mindset, this mantra. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to be uniquely yourself. And then you also have to understand, have a plan, work the plan. And, um, and that's what you do. You can't chase every rabbit. You gotta, you gotta steer the ship and be steady and you can't chase everything. So as far as me being a head coach, I've I've had all these ideas of what I want to do, but then I've just set the plan in place and tried to be very deliberate about this is how we're going to do things. You know, I had a plan when I hired the staff and, uh, and, and, um, 
made sure I adhered to those principles. And then I had a plan when I talked to the team about how I want to address it. And I just try to adhere to those principles in every decision I make. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's not perfect, but that's, that's been the plan so far. And four months in it's, it's been good. Um, obviously a, a lot of this, we haven't, we haven't played or won a game yet, but yeah. I firmly believe the culture, um, if you establish a culture, it'll be reflective in the winning. That's right. And so the most important thing is to get the what we want to do on a day-to-day basis right, and then the outcome will reflect the process. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And, and so you, you've gotten a, a little taste of, of what this team looks like and what they're, they're capable of uh, here during the, the spring practices and, and scrimmages and all that sort of thing. So what are some of the highlights from, from your perspective on, on how the, this team is, is coming together? Well, you know, it was all so new and all so quick. We're all trying to learn each other. You got a staff that's trying to learn how to work with each other. You got players trying to learn schemes. Um, so it was very interesting. Um, and you knew that there was going to be a lot of mental mistakes and busts and things that we have to correct. But I think the best thing was our guys were open. Our mm-hmm. players were open. Our coaches were open to being coached the way we wanted to do it. And they, they were excited about the opportunity. Um, you know, for our football team, when it all starts with a quarterback. We, our quarterback, Zach Thomas, is a returning starter from Hewitt Trussell, Alabama. He's got, got a lot of ability and he's got a great heart and a great mind. And, um, I'm excited to work with him. We've got really talented running backs. Jankton Evans was a bowl game MVP. Cam Peebles was a redshirt freshman that played in the bowl game and rushed for like over 100 yards. And so there's some really good, talented players at, at those positions. Defensively, um, you know, we've got our two safeties back, Josh Thomas and, and uh, Des Franklin. Both are really very solid football players. Uh, outside linebackers, Noel Cook and Akeem Davis, uh, very long, athletic, durable players. And our defensive line is very deep and very physical and very quick. And so we've got the right pieces. It's just a matter of how quick we can get everybody up to speed, all on the same page, playing together and uh, and playing for each other. That That's the key. Coach Eli Drinkwitz with us right yeah. now on Unpacking It, head football coach at Appalachian State, and they're coming off just an incredible season. And uh, and Zach Thomas is the real deal at quarterback. I saw his debut. I was at that Penn State game, and he, he blew me away and had, had a great season and so excited to see him continue to develop as a quarterback, especially under your system and the, the new system you're, you're implementing. And, and, and Coach, uh, love talking football and, and just kind of want to – uh, go a little bit more in depth into your your faith journey a little bit, and and, and I'm just curious, what have been some of the, the key moments in your life that, they, that either God has really revealed himself to you or, or your faith has really grown significantly, either during tough seasons or, or just specific seasons of your life that you look back and go, wow, that, that was an important part of the, the journey because I, I really grew and, and God changed me during that time? Um, I think there's really two key times for me. I, I think the first one was in 2010 when Coach Malzahn and Coach Chizik extended an offer to me to come be a quality control assistant at Auburn. At that time, my wife and I were were um, both teachers making good money. Our daughter was two months old, and we had an opportunity to go chase a dream, but but we didn't have. There wasn't the finances. It was a, a fifteen thousand dollar a year job, no benefits. Uh, we were going to need to sell a house at the peak of the bubble where the, the housing market had crashed in Springdale, Arkansas, and we were going to need to move into an apartment. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you, you just have, and you got a two-month-old daughter, and you can stay and play it safe, 
uh, or you can step out and try to, you know, see what happens. And, um, you know, we did, we, 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 and I'll be honest, I, as the head of the household, as the man, I was thinking, well, this is crazy. Huh. My wife really was the one that gave me the courage and said, no, we need to chase this dream and see what happens. And there was actually a song out at the time called Walk on Water by Britt Nicole. Hmm. Um, and I remember hearing that song several times as I was making this decision. And uh, we did it and chased the dream. And, and it turned out great in 2010. We won the national championship undefeated. Oh, yeah. I thought college football was easy. Um, <laughs> and then in 2011, you know, had another tremendous season. And Coach Malzahn got the Arkansas State job. And I was I got hired to be, um, you know, on the field, special teams coordinator, running backs coach. And so things were going good. And then um, Coach gets the job at Auburn. And it's uh, one of these deals where you're in limbo. I actually had three different situations. I had a, I had a job offer to go to, to Auburn. And then um, my alma mater had called and offered me as a high school job, the head high school job um, where I was from. And it was a, a lot of money. Or I could, or the, the, um, I could wait because at that point I didn't have a job um, at Arkansas State mm. uh, with the new head football coach, Brian Harson. Alma wanted a, wanted an answer. They needed to move on, and Horse was not ready to make a hire. And so I had to have faith on, okay, do I, do I stick with college football or do I just get out and go be a head high school coach? And uh, basically at that point, my wife said, we haven't come this far to go back again. Mm. No, we, we haven't come this far to just go this far. And so we stuck with it, and uh, about a week and a half later, Brian Horson offered me a job as a co-offensive coordinator. So then I had the decision to make, do I go to Auburn as, you know, with, with a guy who got me into college football or do I stay and try to blaze my own trail and, um, decided just for, for, for me, it was best to stay and, um, got a chance to call plays and that's really, you know, where it's gone from there. Wow. What a cool story. Coach Eli Drinkwitz, head coach at Appalachian State, with us here on Unpacking It. And, and Coach, my my last question, uh, I've been asking this to to my guests recently because I'm uh, uh, hopefully going to be a a first-time dad here in a few months. My, My wife's pregnant. And and so uh, I, know you, I, I appreciate it. I'm so fired up about it. And so you're a father of, of three daughters, and, and we're expecting a, a daughter. Yeah. So so what's the, the advice and the wisdom that you can share uh, with, with a first-time dad like myself? Well, I think the number one thing is you'll find a whole new appreciation for your faith mm-hmm. and understanding that if um, John 3.16, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, you'll really believe that there's no chance I would send my daughter to die. Wow, um, or son to die, and, and that somebody did that for you, and I think that hits you right in the face when mm. you hold them for the first time. Mm. Um, and, then, and then the second thing I just say is is uh, you're not going to be a perfect father, mm. um, but you got to do the very best you can and give yourself some grace as you as you learn through being a being a dad. Ah. That's strong. Well, I appreciate that and, and, and loved having you on the show today and, and so excited about uh, you taking over the, the App State program. I know it's in good hands and, and really excited for the, the season upcoming. And uh, hopefully we'll stay in touch and, and really appreciate you being a part of unpacking it today. Well, you let me know when you're up here for a game. We'd love to make sure you have a great experience. That, that sounds awesome. I look forward to it, and, and thanks so much. He's Eli Drinkwitz, the new head coach at Appalachian State my alma mater, and I am a proud Mountaineer and, and really fired up to be able to, to talk to Coach today. And I've got to tell you, there is a lot of excitement around this program. 
what what this team has been able to do since moving up to the FBS level. They, they've won four straight bowl games. They're four and zero. They're four and zero in bowl games. They've won the Sun Belt three times uh, in a row as well. And and they were a top twenty five team last year. And and they're only going to get better. Their their quarterback is legit. So remember the name Zach Thomas. Uh, you'll be hearing a lot about him this year in college football. So. Glad to talk with him. Coming up next, we'll be joined by former NFL fullback Jonathan Evans. He's now the team chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys and a co-chaplain with the Dallas Mavs. It's Unpacking It. We'll be back. Going beyond the field, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and really appreciate you listening to the Unpacking It radio show each week. But I want to invite you to check out our website, unpackingit.com, so that you can sign up to receive Unpacking It each day in your email. That's right. We send out an encouraging challenging, inspiring word uh, through email. It's, it's in written form. It's a, a devotional that takes a current sports story, relates it to the Bible. We call it Unpack This, and you can subscribe for free by going to unpackingit.com. It's designed to help you grow in your faith and, and help you understand the Bible better, all with a little sports and some of the cool stories going on in the world of sports. And so we encourage you to check it out. It's for you. And it's about two minutes each weekday in your inbox. Check it out, unpackingit.com, and subscribe to Unpack This. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our email devotional that we send out each weekday. And then you can also subscribe to our podcast and never miss a show. And joining us now is Jonathan Evans, an author, speaker, and former NFL fullback who spent time with the Cowboys, Chargers, Titans, Bills, Redskins, and Texans. He currently serves as the chaplain of the Dallas Cowboys and co-chaplain of the Dallas Mavericks. Dr. Tony Evans is his dad, and they wrote a book called Get in the Game, a practical guidebook filled with sports analogies and spiritual truths. They also have a new movie coming out called Kingdom Men Rising, which will be in theaters April 29th and 30th. He's married with four kids. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, well, for those listeners that, that aren't necessarily familiar with the role of a team chaplain, how do you describe your involvement with the Mavs and, and Cowboys? Well, it's basically I have more involvement with the Cowboys just because of the way things are set up with that organization. But it's basically a team pastor. I mean, in the off season, I spend a lot of time uh, doing marriage counseling with the guys and marrying them. Um, we cool. do personal counseling. I do, um, uh, which would be their Sunday service, which happens on Saturday night because they play on Sundays. But we have a service um, where I where I preach the word of God to them and uh, and sometimes have uh, speakers come in. 
and and give them a, a good word. And then we have Bible studies during the week. They have Bible studies. The players have Bible studies on Fridays, the coaches on Saturdays. And so we do book studies, whether it's a kingdom man, which I know we'll talk about kingdom man rising in a minute, but we've done the book studies from kingdom man to no more excuses and really just building them up as men. Uh, and not just men, but the men men that submit themselves to God. Amen. Amen. He's Jonathan Evans. He's an author, a speaker, and, and former NFL fullback and, and a chaplain uh, with the Cowboys. And he's a, a part of a, a new documentary called Kingdom Men Rising. Uh, he, he's associated with, of course, his, his dad, Dr. Tony Evans. And, and, and this also features some of our, our former Unpacking It guests, Tim Brown, Tony Dungy, and Troy Vincent. And, and so... This film explores what it means to be a real man in the midst of cultural trends. So, so what was the vision and the passion behind making this movie Kingdom Men Rising? Well, the, the vision and passion is clear as it relates to um, God is calling men back to the position that he has originally placed men in, and that is a position um, of leadership. That is a position of family. Mm. Um, that is a position of of, of a dominion and rule that, that was given to us in the garden. And, and it was given to us male and female, but obviously the instruction in Genesis 2 came to the male first. And because of Adam's passivity in Genesis 3, 6, you see that, um, you know, the, the snake came to Eve and, and she took the fruit and had the conversation. But in Genesis 3, 6, it says, and Adam was with her. That means he allowed it to happen. And men today in our culture are allowing things to happen and participating in the things that shouldn't be allowed to happen, which is why you have a culture that's devolving. And so it's time to call men back to the responsibility that has been given to us by God. And if Adam would have took care of his responsibility, the garden uh, would still be the garden that God intended and not the garden that sin infused. And so um, the the vision behind that is really giving... uh, a biblically, biblically uh, inspiring message uh, to men uh, based on, you know, guys who have done it, you know, uh, Tony Dungy, uh, Tim Brown, you know, John Kitna, Tony Evans. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of men in this movie who have accomplished great things, but they haven't lost sight of the greatest accomplishment of all, which is being the man that God has called you to be. And not in some areas of the life, but all areas of life as an individual, um, in the family, um, as it relates to how you're connected and how you serve uh, mm. your church, and uh, and then having that spill over to our community, cities, and nation. And so um, we've got to be that. There's too many men hiding in the background um, when we're supposed to be as a, uh, supposed to be at the forefront. There's there's nothing wrong with what women are doing. Women are great, uh, and women have 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 basically picked up where men have have dropped the ball. Um, they're taking care of all of the kids. Uh, the Bible says, fathers, raise your children. Uh, women are supposed to be the, the helpmates that God has called them to be, which is to fill in the gaps where we can't be. Mm. But now they're having to not just fill in the gaps, they're having to do it all, Wow. Um, which has uh, put us in a, a crisis situation in our country because men are, are not in the position they're supposed to be, even though women are doing all that they can. And so it's just time to call men back. Wow. So cool. So the movie is called Kingdom Men Rising, kingdommenrisingmovie.com for more information. And it's airing uh, across the, the country in theaters on April 29th and April 30th. And, and so make sure you get your tickets for those two days and, and show up and, and, and support this movie and, and really be encouraged 
uh, by this message. And, and so you, you've touched on this a, a little bit, but I want to unpack it even further. Th- this idea that, and, th- and this movie covers it, as far as guys are sitting on the sidelines. So, so I, I, I think we can relate, especially as sports fans, to that kind of illustration and concept. And so the, the heart behind this movie, no more passivity, no more excuses. So, so what are some of the, the practical ways that you feel like guys can change this mindset and, and attitude where we are sitting on the sidelines? Yeah, okay, well, practically speaking, we're starting with the individual. We're sitting on the sidelines um, just in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with God is secondary. It's not something that's primary. In other words, the Bible uh, and God do not get to control how we operate as an individual. The culture does, or our business does, or our money does. All of those other things have taken the place of God, and you and you know when God's place has been taken, because whatever that thing is defines how you operate and how you move and the decisions that you make. So whatever defines how you operate and how you move and the decisions that you make ha- has become God of your life, and God is supposed to be the only one who's able to do those things as an individual. So it's it's time to go back to our relationship with God being first, being that He gets to define how we operate, how we move, and how um, we take care of our business. That's number one. Number two is the family. Um, the family is a big thing. When you have 70% of African-American families with no fathers, mm. 40% rising in the Anglo community, 50% in the Hispanic community. I mean, you have this rising percentage of men um, not being present in the home. And if they are present, they're not present. So um, you, you have that problem. And so practically, uh, my dad would always say a man can lead his family for an hour to an hour and a half every single day if he just if he is just at the table. In the Bible, the table was meant for leading, not just for eating. Mm. That's where he would ask the children, what's going on at school? He would find out what's going on with your friends, who you dating, who do you like? He, he'd build relationship at the table and then pull out the Bible to, to teach their kids what the pastor said to them on Sunday. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You just have to listen when you go to church and then rehash those things with your family during the week so that as those kids get older, uh, they remember all of the great nuggets their dad taught them because he sat at the table. That means phones off, iPads off, TVs off, and it's eye-to-eye relationship contact for an hour to an hour and a half every single day. That's a practical thing that men can do to be present for their family, and that Tony Evans did with all of us. And then thirdly is the church. Um, we have so many women who are serving in the church, uh, operating in the church, doing their best to give back to the church. But again, as like the family, men are missing in action. They're sitting in the pews analyzing the sermons, but they're not serving the church as the church. And mm-hmm. so men need to be back in their position uh, to serve and be great leaders to the church to show um, their sons and their daughters behind them that this is a place where we belong. We're not in this by ourselves. It's a community of believers, and we want to give to that uh, mm-hmm. because God works through the church based on Matthew 16. And then once those three things are done, you see that begin to permeate to the society. Uh, but the reason why we have a devolving society is because we have a devolving church. The reason why we have a devolving church is because we have devolving families. And the reason why we have devolving families is because we have devolving individuals. And it starts with the men picking up the slack in all of those areas.
Amen. Amen. Man, I, I, don't, I don't want you to stop. I, I appreciate it. Love it. Jonathan Evans, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's an author, a speaker, and former NFL fullback. And he's a part of a new movie called Kingdom Men Rising. KingdomMenRisingMovie.com. Check it out. April 29th and April 30th in, in theaters uh, across the country. And, and so, man, Jonathan, you, you mentioned your, your dad, Dr. Tony Evans, and he, of course, is a well-known pastor, speaker, author. And so you grew up uh, you know, in, in the church and grew up with his leadership. So when did your faith become your own, and, and when did you decide to, to really follow a similar path as your dad? I was probably a junior in college when I said enough is enough, mm. and I realized that I can no longer hang on the coattail of my father and mother, mother's relationship with Jesus Christ. I always know what God was doing through them. I actually tried to run away from any path that led me to do anything that my father was doing, as uh, a lot of sons would say, especially when your father is as good at teaching the Word and has has accomplished as many things as Tony Evans. That's like Michael Jordan's son trying to play for the Bulls. It just doesn't (laughs) seem right. It it wouldn't work itself out that well. Um, But it's just one of those things where God got a hold of me, and um, I started doing some chapel services for Baylor University, because I went went and played for the Baylor Bears, and I got asked to do chapel once, and um, and God really worked through me. I mean, I mean, I think seventy guys accepted Jesus Christ that day. I'll never forget it because that was kind of the launching point for God saying, "Hey, this is this is what we're gonna I'm gonna call you to do uh, with your life." And again, I kept running. Uh, I went to the NFL, and and I wanted to play in the NFL. That was my dream. But through a series of blocks, God was calling me to ministry, mm. and. Uh, you know, I kept running back to the field, and me and my wife were saying, I don't think, you know, it seems like God's blocking us here from making a team and sitting in one space the way we wanted to. As you mentioned when you introduced me, it was like six teams in six years. Yeah. Um, so it was it was kind of hard, but it's really because God was using that as an experience to grow me, to call me, and to prepare me for how he's going to use me. Because now, as the chaplain, any player who has a problem or who's facing getting traded or getting hurt or getting cut or getting um, misplaced, I have a story to tell because I've already been through it. Final thought in regards to this new documentary that's exploring what it means to be a real man in the midst of cultural trends. Was there one part of the movie that really stood out to you or moved you the most that you're excited for people to see? Well, I mean, it's, there's so many components of it. I can't just point out one thing, but um, just the message itself, men need to get out there. They need to see it. Um, wives, uh, uh, nieces, aunts, take all of the men in your life to this theater, and you'll learn a lot about manhood from God's perspective as, as well, what the expectation should be uh, biblically, and, and calling men to rise up to it. And so you want to use it as an encouragement, as a builder, and that's why uh, we did the movie. And so we're excited about it. But there's a lot of scenes in there where you'll get great inspiration, great nuggets, and maybe a couple of scenes where you may shed some tears. So you definitely... Uh, want to come through, and so we're calling everybody to the theater um, so that we can have positive impact in the culture. Amen. That's awesome. KingdomMenRisingMovie.com. He's Jonathan Evans. Man, really appreciate you being a part of the show today. Thanks for sharing some of your story and, and really uh, just an inspiring conversation. So, so thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. He's Jonathan Evans joining us here on Unpacking It. We've got to get to the big story from last weekend, Tiger Woods winning the Masters. 
my thoughts and takeaways during our segment Unpack This is next. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. Tiger Woods captivated fans with his incredible Masters performance by winning for the fifth time at Augusta and making his way back into a green jacket. When thinking about what this win means and what the scene on 18 represents, I want to focus on the word overcoming. He burst onto the scene when he won the Masters in 1997 and dominated the sport until 2008 when the narrative started to change. Winning the U.S. Open with a torn ACL was the beginning of ongoing challenges and obstacles he'd have to overcome over the next decade. He had shocking problems in his personal life and countless injuries to his neck, Achilles, and his back. He had the option to either give up on golf or overcome the pain, the doubts, the criticism, and the regret. He was judged, questioned, laughed at, and given up on by many, but he kept going. Tiger Woods is an inspirational example of an overcomer, and we can certainly be motivated by his story when trying to overcome our own pain, disappointment, mistakes, and doubts. As rewarding as it is for us to overcome injuries and failures during our journeys or to watch someone like Tiger do what he did, these are minor and temporary accomplishments. There is a much greater obstacle we all face and need to recognize the weight of sin and death and our eternal destination. The truth is we can't overcome the punishment of sin or our own brokenness through self-belief, hard work, discipline, or perseverance. The only way to overcome hell and eternal separation from God is through the grace of Jesus Christ. It's only through him and his death and resurrection that we become true overcomers. As sports fans, we can admire Tiger Woods for all he's overcome to get back on top of the golf world. But today, let's be filled with joy, hope, and understanding that there is only one who overcame the whole world and defeated death. Through him, we too are eternal overcomers. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.